Today on Soul Zero Two, we look at the simple truth that hope in God is not some passive thing we do or some absent-minded thing that we engage in while we wait on God. Hope in God is something that we must take deliberately and seriously as we navigate the hopes of life here on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Souls Over 2. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And today we look at the fact that hope is more than a positive attitude, but a process we commit to as we trust in the Lord for everything in our lives. Previously, we talked about how substantial uh, true hope is as opposed to worldly hope, especially when true hope is rooted in God and how unsubstantial or insubstantial the hope of the world is. Substantial hope is solid because it is tried in a process and not just a mental exercise. So we spoke of the eagle and how powerful it is and how agile it is and how we're called to be eagles in, this, in, in how we navigate life. Uh, this is our calling as, as followers of Christ. Isaiah 40, 31, we read it. But those who hope in the Lord or they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so this is something that we, we, we've we been talking about, and this is a three-part series, and we're in part two. So today I want to talk to you today uh, about, uh, you know, it, it's the art of waiting on God, but in specific, real hope is a process. This is what I want to talk about today, that real hope is a process. And we find that, that for real hope to be a process means that something has to happen before we get there and so let me let me share about what happens to an eagle when at the age of around 60 and as i said before some of this is fact some of it is 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 myth you know or fantasy in terms of you know some people have really made the eagle this this incredible mythical creature but it, you know a lot of this is factual but some of it is not some of it is is based on on stories and sometimes we connect because of stories jesus used parables right so there's a stripping season that an, that an eagle undergoes and it's called molting and around 60 years old an eagle begins to molt or shed their feathers and that's when they throw off the old parts of their body to renew itself. And again, some of this is fact, some, some of this is legend. But when molting, it might lose its beak, its talons, its feathers, its eyesight, its strength. And whatever made it great, it loses. And so imagine this eagle being stripped, this powerful eagle being stripped of everything it's ever known. Its ability to, to transcend the storm and soar above it. Its ability to intimidate the animals and hunt any animal it wants just about and its speed and its strength and its its dexterity and agility and power and all these things suddenly are less than what they used to be and now this eagle is stripped down to nothing and it's left to the mercy of the storm and when the storm beats it it can't do anything and it rains on it it can't do anything because it can't really defy the storm, it's in molting. And we find that when we follow Jesus, there are seasons of stripping ourselves. There are seasons where God strips us down to nothing and we feel like we have nothing. 
and the greatest people in the Bible suffered the same. Jacob lost all his support. It says he was left alone, and him and God wrestled. Joseph lost his coat of many colors. He lost his father, he lost his freedom, he lost his reputation, he was accused of rape. After being faithful and doing the right thing, he got paid for wrong instead. Elijah lost his faith when he went up into the desert and he says, God, I'm tired, just take away my life. And Job lost his mind when he said, let the day perish wherein I was born. So I say that to say this, that we all lose hope. We all at times are stripped of hope. And there comes a time in the life of the believer, the follower of Jesus, when the Lord strips them of all the glory they had ever known. And it causes them to lose their feathers, the feathers that once helped them fly, the talons that once crushed their enemies, and the, the winning edge that once caused them to store, soar above the circumstance. And they lose all that. They lose all the momentum they ever had. And all that's left is for them to wait on the Lord. And why? Why does God do that? Is God some sadist that just wants to make us feel pain and struggle? Of course not. But why does God do that? Well, I believe that when, when He does this to us or allows us to go through this, it's because the new glory cannot come until the old glory is gone. In other words, the old blessing we had is gone. And God wants to bring a new season or, or, or something new that is substantial, something new that has new roots to it. So the old has to go. And that's why Hebrews 9.8 puts it this way. The way into the holy place had not yet appeared as long as the old tabernacle was standing. So the old has to go before the new can come forward. And we find that the eagle's old feathers have grown wilted, making it hard to fly. Their beak has become brittle with age and their talons no longer as powerful as they once were. The only thing the eagle can do is lay there helplessly and wait. Stripped and pitiful, the eagle is ready to be renewed. That's how we get renewed. That's, that's how things are done in the kingdom. And maybe you're going through this right now in your life and, and you say, Lord, am I going through a stripping season? Am I going through a, a you know, I, I feel like I lost everything. I lost my job. I, maybe I lost my spouse. Maybe I lost, you know, a loved one. I just feel like I lost everything. I have nothing left. And when tragedy strikes, we feel like we're stripped down to everything. But God is going to do something greater through it if we trust Him with it. So what is the secret to renewed hope? Because there is a secret. We'll read it again, Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That's a promise from God. It is in the waiting that the ego renews its strength. And also it is in the waiting that the believer renews their strength. And waiting and hope are almost the same word here because they are fixated on God. And it's not even hope for a better circumstance because if, if our only hope, if our only hope is a better circumstance, that's not real substantial hope because real hope is hope in God. Many suffer because they have never learned the art of waiting on God. 
Instead, they're waiting for the circumstances to be better, and then they consider that a blessing from God, but it is still detached from the real nature of waiting. So there are challenges to waiting, and these challenges are something that maybe are more prevalent in Western culture, and those are our instant gratification culture. If you notice, our age of technology goes against the very grain of what it means to wait. In fact, technology tries to make it so you don't have to wait for anything. So what, what do shows like Star Trek, CSI, and other shows have in common, right? Like Columbo, let's say, or, or some detective show. They achieve closure within one hour. Usually, and you, if you have commercials, maybe 45 minutes or so. But usually they get the bad guy or, or, or the captain saves the universe in one hour. You have instant messaging, you have instant oatmeal, instant purchases, you have Instacart, you have drive-through fast food, you have drive-through car wash, you have remote bank, bank deposits, remote church, right, online church. Uh, you can do everything without leaving home. And these elements can be convenient, but they create in us a disposition to want an instant convenient God, one that we can manage and manipulate at our whim instead of learning the art of waiting because the art of waiting is submission to him it is laying everything aside and looking to him as our only hope and our childish view of of, of god's love is wrong when it comes to waiting often we, when we wait we often wait as children and so in other words our view of god's love is unhealthy if god doesn't give me what i want immediately he can't love me that sounds like a two-year-old a two-year-old thinks if mommy doesn't give me what i want right away something's wrong with her she doesn't she can't care for me and it's based on the misguided notion that implies that god's love for me is based on his immediate attention to me and that's not real love at all is it that's really selfishness on my part something that god is kind to them as c.s lewis once put but doesn't necessarily love them so they put love and kindness in the same boat. Well, God is kind to me, but he loves everybody else. But think about this. What happens if you had a horse that you loved and that horse breaks its leg and it's hopeless, you can't fix it? What do you do in kindness to the horse, right? So in kindness, you take it out of its misery. So aren't you glad that Jesus is not kind to you? He's more than kind. He loves you. So he allows you to go through the process of waiting. Waiting is a process. So that what's on the other side will be much more powerful than what you're enduring now. But often our object of waiting is wrong as well. We find that that uh, in waiting, that we, we look to God and we we want closure with the circumstance, but we don't realize that it's a process we have to go through of trusting, of submitting, of learning, of abiding in Him. And we find that our object of waiting sometimes can be wrong. In other words, we wait for the object of our desire, not on God. A big difference. The scripture says hope in the Lord. It doesn't say hope in the object of the Lord or the answer to prayer is the object, right? So what happens is that we run ahead of God. 
Hope is impossible without stewarding our seasons of waiting on God. And you can't run ahead of God. You have to walk with Him. It, they say, and, and this part is fact, I, I read about this, but some eagles don't make it through the five-year molting season. They leave the place of waiting and become prey to the very animals that feared them because they're weak and they, they, they just, they're not strong. They can't defend themselves. So if all this today reminds us of anything, it is something that hope and waiting are not passive things. And you, you don't merely wait around like you're sitting on a bench for a bus. But waiting relates to God. And hope and waiting are active and energetic and purposeful with their hearts and object as God. God is their object. I'm waiting on Him to see what He does and says. Because sometimes when we wait for God for something, He says no. And that's the answer. And we have to accept that because we're serving Him. He's in charge and we're not. So are you waiting for the right thing? Are you waiting in the right way? Or are you waiting with no real purpose in mind other than to get an answer? God has given us the means to navigate our waiting. And we'll delve, in, we'll delve into that for the last part of this series, that He's given us a way to navigate the waiting. Means So we're going to give you some points on how to navigate the, the waiting process. So if you like this podcast, please leave a like and please connect with us. We are on YouTube, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Facebook. And recommend it to a friend. Until next time, I'm so happy to be with you. God bless you.